0: Welcome to the Miller Rights Indicator. My name is Jeremy Stevens. I'm your host. This is where we talk about everything 2158. Hopefully you can get some knowledge and some insight and some reasons about why you should join. We're here with business agent John Mix. That's me. Glad to have you. Yeah,
1: glad to be here.
0: Now you are one of a three-headed team right here at our local?
1: That's correct. We got our business manager, Jim Bark, and then the other business representative, Derek McLean, who covers the Iowa portion of our jurisdiction.
0: And we have such a large jurisdiction that is that how you guys usually do it? You just kind of chunk it off, like your we, responsibilities and his responsibilities?
1: Yeah, we chunk it off. But in the end, if he's got a big project coming up, we get on there and we, we tackle it together as a team. You know, my resources in my area his resources in his area, yet we come together to, you know, finalize so we have a, a winning solution.
0: Now, just because our jurisdiction is so large, it's not like if you live in one corner of the area, you are not allowed to work on the other side of the area. That's by no means how it works or two or three separate lists of out-of-work employees or nothing like that, right?
1: No, no, no. We have one out-of-work list and then we call them to say, hey, we got this job opportunity for you. It's over in this area. Now, sometimes, very, very few times, it's in your backyard. I mean, depending where you live. A lot of times you have to travel, but that's how you make your money because that's when the shutdowns are, the 12s, the...
0: It's you know. not every day that the machine next door gets to break down for yeah, you, right?
1: Yeah, not, not every gas station uses them, mill right?
0: <laughs> Excellent. Well, one of the things that we haven't really got to touch much about is kind of a, a brotherhood aspect of it. What it used to be, where it is today, uh, maybe some of the things that we could work towards to bring back uh, the old school, if you will, of what it used to mean to be a union member.
1: Sure. So you know, like when it first started out, unions weren't a thing. So everybody got together, wanted to form something to give them a better pay, better you know security on the jobs, better health conditions on the jobs, you know safety, and uh, everybody does that. Everybody likes working union. You know, that our members they like the paychecks, they like the jobs. That's great. That's that's fifty percent of what the whole aspect is. There's there's a whole other side you know members should want to be a part of where the wage allocations where you come together and decide where that next raise that we negotiated in our contract should go you know whether it's on the paycheck the pension the annuity your health you know that that's all decided by the members and if you don't show up your voice isn't heard maybe you have a great idea but no one's out there putting your idea out
0: so go back to this wage allocations as business agents you collectively get together and you have some sort of an agreement with a separate party about the amount that we can charge per millwright, essentially how much each millwright's gonna gain that year towards their total package, right?
1: Yeah, so right now, I believe we're in a five-year agreement. It's called a collective bargaining agreement, and that's what sets the raises per year in that five years. Um, I believe typically we go between a three and 5% growth. So then that breaks down to you know your different zones, and we'll say it's a dollar fifty you know, for that year you get as a raise. Well, now when we have this meeting, you get together, hey, the pension needs, you know, 25 cents to continue its positive growth. So obviously we got to set that aside. So that brings it down to 125. But then out of that 125, if there's no other fund that's in desperate need of money or needing money to stay, you know, trending in the right direction, you break that down to whether you want to put it on the check in your, you know, add more money to the pension or annuity, depending on what zone you're in, the health and welfare, you know, you decide where that money goes. So if you, if you think your zone's, you know, not high enough, put it all on the check and you take everybody there and we all vote on the different, you know, proposals. And then that winner then gets, you know, written down, so to say, you know, wrote down, gets sent off to the, the council and they, you know, they approve it to make sure we're, you know, in all rights with everything
0: now here in our jurisdiction we're pretty large we go from if you're in the iowa side we're talking from the mississippi river to just the side of des moines and then you get minnesota to missouri and then on the illinois side we're pretty much uh i-80 and north ish would be a good way to maybe describe our area that we've yeah, tend we, to cover?
1: Yeah, just a little below I-80 in some spots, but that that's a great representation of the, the coverage we have. Go all the way over to Rockford, Belvedere, up in the northern uh, east portion and all the way down towards Seneca and Toluca down in the...
0: Now one thing that we have, and I'm not sure if every local or any other local is like this, but we have split our jurisdiction or our geography into these zones that you were kind of relating to earlier than that. Part of these zones comes with Different pay scales within our own local. So, if I'm working out of one zone typically, does a raise to a different zone usually affect me or do I have a say in anything like that?
1: Well, with these different zones, some of them do have different packages where um, you could have just a pension, you know, instead of an annuity. Some have both. We, we still are part of two different healthcare systems. So, for you, you know, the Rockford Healthcare and our Heartland Healthcare are two different entities. Now one's hourly based and one's still hourly based, but a monetary value, you know, depending on those zones in Heartland, you know, everywhere pays a little different into it. But the Rockford one is definitely different, but you have to work a set amount of hours then you have coverage. So if they request, you know, 50 cents for you to want to put 75 into it, you're not gaining anything. So we're not working in that area, you know, might limit your knowledge on the fund. But other than that, no, because like you said earlier, you're allowed to travel. So if you ever do go into that zone, maybe you'd rather see more money on the check than, than the pension come up. So, you know, it's important to be, if you can, be in, you know, all the wage allocations. At least you would then know also what those zones are paying to. More information for yourself.
0: So if I was a traveling miller, right, it would be it would be nice to kind of have your finger on the pulse and all the little areas that you'd be able to be. And when I say traveling, I mean traveling inside of our local. If you were to drive from the longest point of the local to the longest point of the local on a diagonal, what would you say that drive would be? Six hours? If you went from northeast, five Illinois to six, yeah, five to six to hours. To our southwest corner of Iowa. Yeah. So that's a that's a healthy drive to be able to make. Um, So some millwrights find themselves that they only work in Southeast Iowa or they only work in Northwest Illinois because they got lucky with a contractor and that's where they're going to stay. Sure. Um, But the end of the day is every member has the ability to voice where their money is going to go from there forward. And we've been able to do that for years back. So the great thing about being involved in the membership is you get the say of where your new raise is going to go and how it's going to affect your future from that point forward? How many places are you able to work to be able to dictate that type of a money? Usually you're lucky if you get a raise, you yeah. sure as heck don't get to dictate that I'm going to put it towards the future. Or I'm going to put it towards the present.
1: Yeah. Typically that's all predetermined on raises and in, in the corporate world, you know, you're getting a 5% raise and usually then out of that 5%, then you're like, well, I guess I'm going to allocate some money for this and that.
0: And that's more on your personal finance level. Personal. If not, I'm gonna get a five percent raise, I would be diligent to take two percent of that five percent and do what I felt necessary with yeah. a trip to six flags or something.
1: Sure. Where this way it's all hey, it's going here, here, and here and it's it's you know, you're locked in, you're good.
0: And that's how it's gonna always stay. Yep. So that is one great reason about being a union member is to be able to have your voice heard on some of the most intimate subjects. The reason why most of us go to work every day is to pay the bills yep. and to help guarantee that future for us.
1: Yeah. You know, this isn't, this isn't just a job. It's a way of life, you know, it whether how we take care of each other, you might not like everybody on a job, but at the end, we're all fighting for the same thing, you know, better wages, more work, you know, all that. So members should want to be more involved. You know, the rate of return is higher when you're more, you know, active and engaged in an activity. And that's, that stems through all life. You know, the more you put in, the more you're going to get out. You know, you always hear the old saying it's like a gym membership. You know, you pay your monthly dues, but if you don't go, you're not, you're not getting nothing.
0: What a a great way to think about it.
1: Yeah. If you can't make all of them, some of them, I mean, that's a start. Uh, We do, we do stuff throughout the year. Um, I know this last year with the COVID and I'm sure everybody's sick of hearing of the COVID, but Labor Day picnics trips to the zoos baseball games hockey games you know we, we would try to do something at least once a quarter sometimes more union meetings I mean come down go through the union meeting afterwards we we typically like to go out but uh yeah and it, it's all about taking care of each other and the organization that we're a part of you know you you put in you get more of a return
0: well some of the things that I really like about the glaring differences from being non-Union to Union as far as the brotherhoodness of it. You can be wearing a T-shirt that says 2158 on it, little MW, and there's going to be 98% of the population has no freaking clue what that means and don't care. It's just another T-shirt walking by. But there's that 2% where you're going to be walking in some obscure street in some obscure town in the middle of some obscure state, and somebody's going to go up and they're going to say a number back to you because they're a local brother too.
1: Yeah. I mean, the unity does project outside of just this local 2158 we're part of the you know united brotherhood of carpenters and within that there's local mill rights all across the u.s
0: and some of the other things that i love about the brotherhood is the on the job site dynamic that you get to have if there's one brother struggling how often do you see every other brother take a break and leave
1: oh never you know you you look around they're usually know.
0: lined up seeing what they can do to help they're helping the helpers trying to get this thing done
1: yeah, and the thing that always brought you know made me proud was watching the younger, newer generation didn't have the the knowledge or maybe the acquired skill set that the the older generation had, but they jump in there and they wouldn't let the older people work because they're gonna prove themselves.
0: I know? mean, and that's the that's the best part. Even if all you know is that guy's hitting that thing with a big hammer and it looks heavy, you know you have the capabilities to swing that big heavy hammer for that old man. Yeah. Now, if he's doing a very, very uh, in-depth double double reverse rim and face alignment, it may be the time to just hand that old man what it is. <laughs> you know, be able to take that time from that veteran and see some of the fine-tuned things that you don't, you aren't able to see every single day, but at the same time, get in where you can get in and help get that job done.
1: Yeah. And, you know, going through the apprenticeship is one thing. You, you learn a little bit about everything we cover, where you really pick up the onset skills is on the job. So turning a job down because it's not my backyard. You might not only be turning that job down and, you know, the wages, but that skill you might've picked up on that job. So, I mean, you can learn so much on different jobs. It's, it's incredible. I mean, you do have guys that are, Hey, my forte is grain. You know, this is what I do. I'm locked in with this said contractor. This is what I do. But there's a good aspect of our mill rights that hey, when this job's done, I'm going to this job. You know, hey, I'm waiting for the next one. You know, that do take the opportunity to travel, meet new brothers. You know, it just strengthens their own core, you know, with the, the skills, the knowledge, and everything like that.
0: And I'm, I would totally agree. I'm a firm believer that 2158 is one of the best Millwright locals, not only because of our advanced training and skills and our, our high knowledge of the rigging and the optics and everything that we love to pat ourselves on the back for. But we are a Midwest millwright, and some of the most in-demand millwrights in the country are going to be your Midwest millwright. We're able to see it all. We can see grain one day. We can see power generation a day. We can be uh, at a fertilizer plant. We could be at a sewer plant, Yeah. whereas other parts of the country aren't as diverse in their trade. Now, a millwright down in Southern California might be phenomenal at power generation. That's all that millwright does. That's all they know. They care about it. They can run through and do some of the most fine-tuned precision work and some of the heaviest rigging with some of the heaviest hitters, hands down. But how handy are they in a cornfield, you know? And and some of the things that might seem second nature to us and seem silly can just flabbergast somebody else. So even if we are not the single best at everything, we have that ability to have a well-rounded mentality here in the Midwest.
1: Oh, for sure. You know, everything in life takes investment. You know, like I said earlier, the more you put in, the more you're going to get out, whether it's learning, developing skills or just the time spent on something. The more you're a part of something, the more familiar you're going to get with it and the more natural it's going to feel to you. So with the union, you should want to be more part of it. You should want to come to more meetings, hear what's going on. You know, we talk about everything at our meetings that's going on in the local So without being a part of that, you're just basically getting 50% out of the union, what it can offer. So really coming in and taking, you know, the wage allocations, the union meetings, whether we have events, if you can swing it, make it. I mean, you're only bettering yourself. You know, you're learning something. If you're not learning something new every day, I mean, what are you doing?
0: That's how you know you're alive. Yeah. One of the things that I also absolutely love about the brotherhood of it, is when the families get together. You know, you can have mechanics talking to mechanics about working on a vehicle. You can have um, computer techs talking to computer techs about computer tech things. But for a millwright to be able to have an outlet to talk about millwright things is far and few between. Same with their household. There's people that are on the road constantly because that's the the work that they chase and the life that they choose – But there's a family life outside of the millwrighting. Just because that millwright's working seven twelves in the middle of nowhere doesn't mean that he doesn't have a wife or significant other at home, small children. He's missing baseball games. He's missing football games. He's getting to do all these things. But that gives the families an outlet also to talk to because there's not every family on the block is going through the same thing. So when they get together they can talk about the things that they do when um so-and-so is out of town or maybe some of the things if if their husbands are on an outage together maybe they can get together and make a trip out of it i've seen that before where they go do something interesting next to them on a a weekend or something like that so you just get to see those families that kind of just grow together and then the next thing you know you're taking family trips with other mill yeah and you're going to have barbecues with other mill and it's just it's such a welcoming environment that it's second to none.
1: Yeah, brotherhood, family, unity. You know, like I said before, it, it's a way of life. And the more you put into it, the more you're going to get out. The more you know, accepting of everything and learning our background, our history, and what we've done to get where we are today. I mean, it's just going to make you more aware of the opportunities and the more, more chances you have to grow.
0: And this is on a, this is on a North America level you can take any North American millwright and put them on a job site together. And by noon, they're cutting up like they've known each other their whole life.
1: Oh yeah. I've I've seen that on some of these bigger projects, you know, you get people coming in from all over and it, it all boils down to, Hey, we're millwrights. This is what we do. You know, you might call something a little different, I had one guy ask him for a corn dog. I said, Hey man, it's not lunchtime. And he's talking about, you know, your finger grips, you're our 11s. I mean, I don't know how they come up with these slang terms, but yeah, he had me for a loop, you know, ask, Hey, you got a corn dog? I think I brought a a turkey sandwich today. I I thought he was messing with me, but yeah. So, I mean, everything comes back to the basics and, you know, if you can get more out of it by, you know, being more involved, I. I say, why not?
0: Absolutely. You know, we've talked quite a bit about unity, brotherhood. Um, we've talked about some of the things that being in the brotherhood gains you monetarily. Um, some of the things that it's going to gain you on the future level, as far as your pensions and annuities and all that, yada, yada, yada. But we've also touched on what it's going to gain you on a personal and uh, a family level as well.
1: Yeah. like I mean, we, we've had picnics in the past and, you know, my... My wife would say, you know, it's finally good to be able to know who, you know, you always come home and talk. Hey, this guy did this today. He's doing an awesome job. Now I got a face to a name. Oh, and he has a family. And it just, it connects everything back, back, you know, back whole. Coming back to a way of life. This is family. We take care of each other. And yeah. So the more involvement we have, the better it turns out.
0: I couldn't have said it better. 50% Fifty percent of being a Miller or even a union member is getting the paycheck.
1: Oh yeah. It's a it's a huge portion. I'm not knocking that. But you're leaving fifty percent on the table. Absolutely. So I mean why? Would you you know, you go to a steakhouse, you order the best steak they have. You're only gonna eat half of it, not take the other half home.
0: Gotta have the whole steak.
1: You got you got to. I mean, You you can't leave anything on the table if you're smart. I mean, even if you think about it, it plays into your monetary value by coming to meetings, by coming, you know, talking to brothers about what's going on. Oh, there's a, there's an upgrade course. Hey, let's, let's get upgraded. Let's get our skills upgraded. You know, That only makes you more sellable.
0: Don't get me started on the upgrade courses. We could spend days.
1: Well, I know, but I mean, it it all ties back in. The more involved you are, the more more you learn about these opportunities that can better yourself. I mean, if you're just a 9 to 5 or in the trades, 7 to 330 on the ideal job, but those are far from few to come by if you get one.
0: Hang on to it. Yeah,
1: hang on to it. Those are nice. Cherish. Yeah. (laughs) Ah, retirement. I'm just going to sit here and work for 40 hours a week. But yeah, the more involved you are, you find out about these upgrade classes. You find out about, you know, just talking to members on job sites on possible jobs coming up. You know, no job's going to last forever. And if it does, great, take it, run with it. But, you know, just the more communication, the more involvement, you know, that's the biggest thing you can take out
0: of it. And we can look at this on a local level. Um, new classes are coming out. We've heard about the mechatronics. That's going to be a great upgrade class for some of these uh, journeymen that are already out there. There's already showing a lot of interest in it. Um, but we have it on a, on a national level, too. The International Training Center is being great about coming out with new classes and new ways to teach it and making sure that they're getting instructors out there to get them the latest, greatest ideas, the best uh, techniques, to the ways to be able to approach a certain individual. Uh, so it's always going to be this upgrade game no matter what level that you find yourself in in the trades there's always an ability to be able to grow
1: oh yeah technology in the 90s you'd have your your home computer with maybe if you're lucky dial up internet and if you're fancy you had that what was it the DSL the DSL the DSL oh, yeah. now everything is so instantaneous i mean you are look at the cell phone you carry it's a camera it's a calendar it's a walkie-talkie, so to say. It's a phone. You can take, you know, pictures, schedule it, talk to anybody in the world. I mean, you you just took everything that Radio Shack had to offer back in the nineties and put it in your pocket. <laughs> I mean, that's how much we've changed in just the last thirty years. So, what's the next thirty gonna bring? And if you look back thirty beyond that, I mean, that's when cars were going, you know, changing over from carbureted to fuel injection. Fuel injected. And that changed the whole course of that automotive industry. Absolutely. You know, granted, the carburetor were better, but...
0: <laughs> Semantics.
1: But, but you get what I'm saying. It's a, it's a progression. We're constantly moving forward. What we're learning today is going to be outdated
0: tomorrow. And that's a great thing. I mean... And, and that leads to opportunities for us. We you know we've we talked a little bit about the history of them, um, but that's also happened through history. The millwright has been able to adapt and overcome through every... Through every uh, every mile evolution um, every milestone that we can come up with every every leap that technology is making, millwrights are right there with them.
1: So let's talk about cars. We work in car plants. Absolutely. So you go back to the carbureted car, and then it went to fuel injected. Well, what they have to do? They had to change all that out. Now, what are we looking at? EV vehicles, big new push. Guess who's in there putting them in? Right. You know, guess who's in there getting all these lines ready? So it's. You know, automated, so it's faster, more efficient. That's that's what we do. We adapt with the the times, and, and overcome, and always moving forward.
0: Absolutely, we will never be without. Let's put it this way. Yeah, the great thing about being a millwright is we get to build the future, but we also get to preserve the past.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah.
0: There's there's been conveyors out there that's been turning for thirty years, forty years. We just keep upgrading it. Just keep putting sweeter little things into it and making it bigger and better. Yep. And at the same time, we've still maintained the most simple turntable machines, but guess what? We can make it turn better. We can make that table nicer, more efficient.
1: Oh, yeah. that That's, that's our job. Look at what tomorrow brings and take it and make it better.
0: And all the training that accommodates it. Exactly. Well, it's been a great interview, John. I appreciate you coming all the way in. Hopefully we got everything talked about as far as some of the brotherhood aspects of this, which I think is a fantastic topic to talk about today, um, especially where the times that we find ourselves in. Yeah. Um, So brotherhood, unity, couldn't be bigger, couldn't be better.
1: Yeah, and, that you know, if everybody's pulling the same direction, something's going to move. If we're all fighting each other, we're just going to stay, you know, in stagnant water. So that's where the big brotherhood push comes from, you know, get a part of it, get involved, be a part, not just the 50% like I was talking about. I mean, it's great you're, you're here with us, but, you know, be a part.
0: Man, I love this place. Well, thank you for everything. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions or comments or would like to hear any specific uh, topics, go ahead and email me, Stevens at 2158training.org. And thank you again for listening.